scripture today comes from Acts 44, sorry, Acts 10, 44 through 48. While Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell on everyone who heard the word. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. They heard them speaking in their languages and praising God. Peter asked, these people have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. Surely no one can stop them from being baptized with the water, can they? He directed that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they invited Peter to stay for several days. down to it, what people most want, want most of all in their life is to belong to something. We just want to be a part of something, a community, a family, a group of people, an identity, something that gives us a sense of purpose, a sense of belonging. Now I know the thing that to do right now, at least for a while now, is to be an individual. Like it's cooler to stand out for being unique than it is to be part of the crowd. I know, that's, I know that's the cool thing to do, and I, I agree. I mean, I think you should be who you are, who God created you to be. But it seems like everything we talk about right now is how we can be smarter or faster or stronger or cleverer or even more messed up than the person next to us. Like we get some sort of a badge if we stand out. It's what our whole society is sort of built on at this point. How unique can you be? How different can you be? And it gets, it can be, it can be problematic. It can get to a point where people make some really terrible choices. Like I was watching a documentary the other day on, on botched plastic surgeries. Other people watch these, right? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and somebody had gone in to the plastic surgeon to look like a tiger. Now, I don't know what's going on in that person's life. But it's certainly a desire to be unique, right? And we all sort of want to stand out. But what ends up happening is that we all sort of stand out in the same way. Have you noticed that? Like there's safe ways to be an individual. And as long as we're an individual like somebody else, it's safe. Because at the core of it, all we really want, all we really want is to belong. Is to feel like we have a place that we're accepted. 
or except we're acknowledged for who we are. I mean, it's essentially the entire plot line of the X-Men series, right? <laughs> the very beginning of the first X-Men movie, you see the mutant on the train, right? It's Anna Paquin, and she's on the train, and she can't touch anybody, because if she touches people, they die. Has any, you know what I'm talking about? And she's on this train, and I think it's Wolverine comes, and he says, I can save you, I can find you a place where you can be a mutant just like everybody else. Or what about the Avengers series, which is really just a movie about superheroes belonging together in a group. They want to be together. Any one of them could have overtaken any one of these villains. Any one of them could, right? They're superheroes. And yet, they come together as the Avengers because they want to be with people who understand what it's like to be them. What it's like to stand out in a world where you are different. Belonging means being accepted into a community for who we are. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't try to be better people. Being accepted for who you are doesn't mean you don't try to be better. Try to live more into who God calls you to be. It doesn't mean that you don't try to make better choices in your life. But it does mean that we are seen. We are seen for who we are. We're seen for our gifts our talents, our abilities, for the things that we offer to God and to our community. And it means we're seen for the things that we don't do as well. It means we're seen and we're accepted for our doubts. It means we're seen and we're accepted when maybe we're not quite such a nice person, when we're maybe not living up to that goal, the lofty ideal of Christianity and what it means to be a Christian. You see, what Acts shows us most of all is that to be a church, to be a community of God, means being gathered together in a community where everybody belongs. No matter how messed up they are, or how good they are, whether they follow all the rules or not, the only thing that the church in Acts requires is that you look for a relationship with God. Peter has a vision in chapter 10, Peter has a vision of a sheet. We talked about this a couple weeks ago when there's clean and unclean animals on it. And it's a strange vision. What are the clean animals doing with the unclean animals? And it's confusing to them. And at the beginning of chapter 10, we hear from Cornelius. Now, Cornelius is the ultimate outsider because, one, he's a Roman. Two, he's a centurion, which means that he was probably involved in some way in the capture and crucifixion of Jesus. Cornelius is the last person that you would expect to see. He's powerful, and he has strange beliefs and strange practices. He is a Roman, a Gentile, and yet he receives the same vision, the same strange dream. When he goes to his friends Peter and says, can you believe this dream I have? You'll never believe this dream I have. And Peter goes, they say, what now? Say, what? Because that's the same dream I've had. And there's no way that you can have the same dream I had because my dream was super weird. Was your dream super weird? Yeah, it was, right? Peter and Cornelius, two people who appear to be opposites. Peter says, is there any reason these people shouldn't be baptized? 
Is there any reason these Gentiles shouldn't be baptized and become part of the body of Christ? What Peter is saying is, you belong here. You outcast, you sinner, you Gentile, you belong here with us in this place. You are part of us. Because baptism is the way into the community of Christ. That's it. That's all, all it is. We baptize you, and guess what? You're part of the family for the rest of your life, whether you like it or not. You're one of us. Is there any reason why these people shouldn't be baptized, Peter says, and nobody can come up with a good reason? If God calls them, they belong. The Bible tells us that God is the one place, the one person who will always see us as we are, who will always see us exactly as we are and will love us unconditionally, no matter what. God made you. God made you as tall as you are and as short as you are and as big as you are and as small as you are. God made you with brown hair. Even if you dye it purple, God still made you. God made you the way you are. And so God knows everything there is to know about you, everything, even the things that you try to hide from God. You know, the things that you're ashamed to tell even God. God knows those things already. God knew them before you knew them. God made you. God knows that you're not perfect. God doesn't expect you to be perfect. That's not realistic. It's not who you are. Being a person means that you have sin in your body. It's part of you all the time. And sometimes the sin will win, and sometimes the God will win. And God knows that about you. It's the human condition. It's part of who you are. God made you. And all God asks for you from you is a relationship is to talk to God, is to be honest with God. All God asks from you is to say, you know what, God, I'm having a rough time today, and I just wanted to let you know. All God wants from you is to say, hey, God, guess what? I'm having a really great day today, and I just wanted you to know. Hey, God, it's Mother's Day, and I'm having a hard time. Hey, God, it's Mother's Day, and I'm so excited to see my mom today, or I'm so excited I won't see my mom today, or hey, God, here's where I am today. That's all God wants from you. That's all God needs from you. And as long as you talk to God and God talks back, sometimes giving you that virtual hug that you don't know you need, you know, when you feel the spirit move and you don't know why, all God expects from you is to belong, is to be part of that relationship with God and with one another. We're going to mess up. We're going to say things and we're going to do things that hurt each other. We're going to make choices that other people don't understand. We're going to make choices that we don't understand. And we're going to make choices which hurt God's heart. But you belong. You belong to God. You belong to this place. 
If you were baptized in that place or any place, if God poured water on you and said, you are mine, you belong for the rest of your life. You belong, and God says that I came to this world for you. For God sent his son to this world, not to condemn the world, but to save the world. And that means you. God calls us into community with other broken people, other sin-filled people. And since you're just as sinful as I am and I'm just as sinful as you are, you belong to God forever. Since we're all equally baptized, we belong to God. And the early church figured that out. Is there any reason why these people shouldn't be included? Is there any reason these people shouldn't be baptized if they belong to God? And nobody could come up with a good reason not to. It's hard. It's hard to live into that idea. It's hard to live into that community where we acknowledge our brokenness with one another. It's hard to acknowledge that others belong sometimes. But God loved the world. God loves you. And you belong. Amen.